All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Beebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 7, Episode 26 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan, back in the studio with Beebs Bondi, Dylan D. Berthium. How's it going, gents? It's family day in Canada, so we get the family together. You know, we're just, uh, just been a lot of hugs between the boys today. Just, you know, <laughs> the podcast family yeah, together. Just, just so excited. Great holiday over here in Canada. But, um, yeah, doing good. Colorado got smashed today. So, what better way to start the week with than a 1 p.m. 5 1 loss? <laughs> D, how you doing? Speaking of five something losses, I'm good. Nowhere Jeez. else I'd rather be on family day or any other stat <laughs> holiday for that matter. <laughs> And uh, yeah, luckily the Red Wings were off today because the Avs got spanked 5-1 by the Bruins. The Maple Leafs, as we sit here, are down 5 nothing to the last place Montreal Canadiens yep. in the second intermission. So I am going to Detroit Wednesday to watch the Avalanche smack the Red Wings. Though, so that'll be fun. Most also, I don't like how you called them the last place Canadians and not the 2021 Cup finalists, Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. It's all a matter of perspective. Exactly. Right? It's not, it's not a bad loss. <laughs> <laughs> they, they went to the cup. cup. <laughs> yeah. Went to the final. Couple games away from, from holding up that cup. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Playing a wagon, dude. They have like eight wins on the season, maybe nine. Um, <laughs> Many actually, I think, they're up to 10. I think they won two in a row, maybe three after tonight. But all right. Well, that's good. Uh, so, yeah, last week's episode kind of got derailed by like the fourth snowstorm of the season. Yeah. Uh, so, we had to put the second half breakout segment on hold. Yet again, uh, it's a little bit discouraging for us because a couple guys who were on that list originally have already started their breakouts and we've had to drop them from the list. Um, namely, Mark Shifley being yeah. one of them, absolute heater lately. Blake Wheeler being another uh, absolute heater as of late. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make do with what we've got. Obviously, uh, hopefully you were on the, the right end of trading for them or adding them before we even got a chance to tell you to. But um, yeah, I guess it's not really so much a second half breakout now that, you know, we've reached almost the 50 game mark of the season, but you get what I'm saying. So what we're basically going to call this instead of a second half breakout is just kind of the fantasy hockey trade deadline preview and, and guys that we think that you should go out and target now. Um, not necessarily all by low candidates, but I mean, I guess they're in a way by low, but it's it, it's still players that carry a decent amount of value. But if you trade for them now, the return you could get should be immense, if that makes any sense. Um, 
I guess for an example, the first player we're going to talk about is John Tavares. So Don, John Tavares obviously playing pretty well lately, still uh, playing very well, but I think that there's a lot more unlocked potential here in the second half of the season. So we'll talk about him a little bit more in depth. But before we get into the trade deadline preview, we're going to talk uh, about a couple of trades that recently happened. One happened a little while ago, but Jack Eichel just made his season debut last week. Obviously, we were talking about how he was going to fit into that lineup and, and how it was all going to work. Now that we know that uh, Mark Stone's on long-term IR, probably out for the season, uh, regular season that is, to make room for Jack Eichel. Uh, it started with Evgeny Dadat. Wow. Dadanoff. Evgeny Dadanoff on the top line with Jack Eichel and Max Pacioretty. That lasted all of one game. Last game we saw Chandler Stevenson up there on the wing. I think it's only the 15th time in his Vegas career that he's played on the wing. But uh, it was Jack Eichel's best game. Goal and assist. Has three points in three games. Playing a lot of minutes. I mean, yeah. he's averaging just around 17 and a little bit more across those those three games. And you'd expect that's that to lot, go up. Yeah, that's actually bonkers for someone coming off an, an injury like that and not playing for, you know, as, as, as long as it was. Point per game, this is kind of scary. We all kind of saw it coming, but um, it just, you know, now that it, now that it's touched down and things are happening and Vegas is starting to look good again, uh, I'm getting sweaty and I hate it, so... Yeah, the goal yeah. he scored was real pretty, made a nice play oh, yeah. to get the puck to Stevenson, went to the net, got the puck back, scored a nice goal. I think the biggest uh, takeaway from that game, obviously the two points is great and all, but the five shots on goal in 18 minutes, that's what we will expect to see from Jack Eichel moving forward. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how many shots are available when you're playing with Max Pacioretty, if they can both maintain that insane level of shot volume, and if they do, they're going to be an incredibly dangerous line. But uh, five shots on goal is a good sign of things to come here, isn't it, D? Yeah, for sure. I you know it's not a big surprise. Obviously, you know the, just a, good to see him healthy and and looking you know relatively uh, normal or, or like Jack Eichel or at least you know like we saw him uh, the last time he was healthy. So yeah, it's everything you know that we've seen so far. It's not a huge shock, but certainly just good to see him hit the ground running. Um, Stevenson, obviously, that was a, a bit of a surprise uh, with Stone going to LTIR. So uh, opened up another spot in the top six. Dadnov seemed like, you know, we talked about it, seemed like the more logical uh, option would be to drop Stevenson down the lineup. But he did play the wing a lot in Washington. Um, and, you know, he's had a really good season. So it makes sense that they would want to give him a look on that top line. Um, and I think as long as he's playing there, you know, you, you definitely want him on your team. I think he's still uh, available in like 44% of leagues. I know he's he, in around 70% now, yeah. Yeah, I, he was at 56 when I, when I looked just earlier. But uh, he did have that, uh, like a seven-game point in the street right before they bumped him up to the top line too so made him just a little bit more available uh than he otherwise would have been but yeah i think as long as he's playing on that line like obviously anyone else anyone who's running with patch ready and eichel uh is going to be worth a look and he's had a really good season he's up to 40 points in 48 games we were expecting to see a bit of regression but obviously you know playing the wing on a line like that is going to help offset uh a lot of that so i think he's he's a really good look right now obviously and um and yeah it's just like we said looks good so far and hopefully everyone can stay healthy yeah, it maintains some familiarity amongst the lineup as well, right? You still get to keep Carlson, Marshall, so Smith together, and then Waugh, Dadnoff, and um, Matthias Yanmark. They've been together pretty much all season as well. So, it, it, and then obviously Stone or Patretti and Stevenson have played together a ton. So, the only new face really just being Eichel at that point, and it maintains some familiarity amongst the lineup. Uh, another trade that recently happened was Tyler Toffoli going to Calgary. We talked about that a little bit. He has two goals in four games. Today's goal though was just an empty netter. Um, I. You know, I've seen some some people talk about how this is a you know certainly going to boost Toffoli's trade or like fantasy value because he's going from a bad team in Montreal to a good team in Calgary, an absolute juggernaut of a team. But in his first three games, he only averaged a shade over twelve minutes Scary. per game, playing um, almost exclusively with Sean Monahan. He also was not featured on the um, really either power play unit at any point in time. He did move up to the top power play unit today. So maybe that is a sign of things to come moving forward, which could be beneficial to him. Uh, he played 15 minutes tonight. So a little bit more than what he'd seen recently, but, um, overall, I don't think that he's going to see enough playing time to really be a huge fantasy asset. Like he's obviously not moving to that top line. Um, he could eventually end up with, with, Michael Backlund, which would see an uptick in ice time, you know, whether it's bumping Mangiapane or, or uh, Blake Coleman down, who knows, but if he's only playing 12 minutes a night, it's really going to be difficult for him to contribute at a high, uh, at a high rate. And he's a guy that relies 
heavily on the shot volume, and he's been a good source of that. But if you're only playing 13, 14 minutes a night, it's going to be difficult to get three, four shots a night. Yeah, same on percentage as Chandler Stevenson, and I'm going to personally take Chandler all day on this one. DU or Nails with 56%, and then Toffoli's 57. Um, Brock, you, you hit it. 12 minutes of ice. I hate that. I hate anything that's not 16 or more, realistically, for a forward. Um, but uh, D, I feel like you're not you're not going to pump anything positive about Toffoli out here. Yeah, I, I think if I had him, I would hang on to him just yeah. a little bit because they, See what happens. they gave up so much for him. Like, I don't think you move a first-round pick and whatever uh, whatever else it was. For but Fifth or something? Yeah. yeah. Like, Condition, I don't think, conditional fifth and a, and a prospect. Yeah, I don't think you give up those kind of assets for a guy that you look just to add to your bottom six and play 12 minutes a night. So... Either they're easing him in or there's a disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff, which certainly, you know, you don't get that vibe at all around a team that's won 10 games in a row. So, um, yeah, I would think it's just a matter of the fact that, one, like they're crazy hot right now and he doesn't want to break up the top six. Uh, and two, you know, easing him in, like I said. So I, I think he'll continue to get more opportunity. But, yeah, obviously, I, you know, I don't want anyone playing 12 minutes a night on my fantasy team. So that's got to improve. But I do think there's a lot of um, room for that ice time to grow. Maybe it, you know, finally comes at the expense of that backland line and he gets Monaghan some more minutes because we certainly know that he's capable of playing a larger role. So we'll see. I think, like I said, he's just a little bit unfortunate to come in uh, to the team at a time when they won, I think, seven in a row at that point or six in a row at that point. Yeah, so. they're up to 10 wins in a row now. Um, I, I think that it is more of a product of the fact that that top six has been so good yeah. without it. If you take a look at the top two lines, obviously the production from the top line is much better um, but in terms of actually just generating offense, they're near mirror images of each other. The, the uh, Lindholm line and the uh, Backland line, both uh, averaging 3.4 expected goals, 4 per 60, both averaging 38 scoring chances, 4 per 60, both well over uh, 14 high danger chances, 4 per 60. On the defensive side of the puck, the Backland line is just absolutely dominant. Uh, both well over a 60% expected goals, 4 8, well over a 60% Corsi, 4 8. I mean, they're both just outstanding offensively and defensively so to break that up seems probably like something that you really wouldn't want to do in the middle of a real hot streak obviously it's going to come to an end eventually and we'll see how the the uh the line shuffle at that point and obviously i think Toffoli would certainly be the first guy to move up the lineup so yeah i don't think he's he's um like somebody that i would if, if i had him would be dropping him but perhaps maybe a trade because people might think that his stock is, has risen, uh, might be a decent time to trade him if you can. Um, you know, I still think he's going to have a solid season, but the minutes are certainly worrisome, and uh, he's just not somebody that I'm rushing out to add for sure. I yeah. If he's available, not making idea. a room for him. If yeah, the roster exactly. spots there, like like I said, in your, you know, we get to like 14 team leagues for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's definitely worth the speculative ad, but yeah, you, we need to see those minutes go up. Like I said, and like we said, I think he just came into the team at a pretty unfortunate time, and ironically enough, I think. You know, the team needs to probably lose a couple games for yeah. things really to change. It kind of gave me like the Blake Coleman feel of a couple of years ago. Trade a couple of your, you know, trade your first. It's going to be at 28 to through 32 anyways. Um, bring in someone who could just fill that last hole maybe to get you to that cup run because it might be now or never. And uh, a little bit better of a goal scorer than Blake Coleman, a little bit less of a grinder. But, um, I mean, to play that that third line position for now. You know, I'm just going to let other people roster him and, uh, and watch. And, and he can score his open net goals with his 12 minutes a night. For sure. I, I think there's a pretty, like, low ceiling on this. But there is, obviously. Yeah, there's something there. He could go nuts like he did when he first came to Montreal. Yeah, um, I think even if, like, Brock said, he's playing on that second line, he could certainly carve out some fantasy value. Moving up to the top power play unit was a nice development yeah, that's a, today. That's sure. huge. Yeah. Okay, let's move forward with our uh, trade fantasy hockey trade deadline preview so we kind of broke these these guys down um into like players that are, are currently still playing pretty well that you know they're not necessarily by lows but guys we expect to have huge second halves um then guys that are more of your typical buy low candidate, and then actually a couple guys that are available on the waiver wire that we expect to have pretty big second halves of the season. So let's just start with the guys who are currently playing pretty well, but could end up being even better moving forward. And as I pr- uh, mentioned prior, the first one is going to be John Tavares. And Tavares has been, um, you know, again, some of these stats might be a little bit stale by tomorrow morning when you listen because they are 
are playing the Canadians right now. But as of now, they are being shut out, so he certainly hasn't added to its totals. But if you take a look at all situations um, this season, in terms of individual expected goals for per 60, John Tavares ranks number five in the NHL, which is obviously incredible. Um, and then if you take a look at, you know, in terms of goals scored below expected, uh, John Tavares is among, um, you know, the top, 40, but a lot of those guys are, you know, grit grinders that really, you know, aren't going to actually live up to their, their, uh, their billings in terms of expected goals for, but he's, you know, scoring well below expected this season. Um, in terms of his production, he, he, him and Nylander, D you would know firsthand cooled off pretty significantly, um, there for a little bit at at least at 5v5 uh, starting to get it back going again but this is a guy that could really have a huge second half playing with Nylander they've they've shown great chemistry Alex Kerfoot's come on nicely this season as well it's a you know one of the best second lines in the league and as I mentioned uh, fifth in the league in individual expected goals four per 60 which is just terrific in terms of shots per 60 not quite as high as you'd like to see but still in the top 40 so a guy that could have a huge second half yeah, so I think he's still shooting the puck around three times a game. Yeah. Um, it's just a really solid floor, right? So I, it's just such a safe investment that you can make at the trade deadline. So it's definitely one of those guys where um, if you can get him for his value, like I think he's worth getting for sure in redraft leagues. Because like you said, uh, it's really just only going to get better. You know, it's hard to imagine that there's much of a shakeup, you know, barring an injury in that top six anytime soon. Marner, Matthews, and Bunting. Um, pretty cemented and obviously the same for Tavares, Nylander and, and Kerfoot. So um, yeah, the minutes are going to be there. The power play time is going to be there. We know the shots are there. And so, yeah, you got basically the point per game as the floor right now um, and it can only get better. So I think he's a really safe investment and it's certainly if there's someone you're kind of worried about or looking to uh, potentially uh, cash in on like some of the guys we talked about in last week's episode um, and, you know, you don't want to shoot for the moons, but Still looking to get some really safe point-per-game value back. I think Tavares is a good target. So I just mentioned fifth in the NHL in individual expected goals, four per 60. If you look back until um, basically the beginning of January, he only has three goals in his last 16 games. If he doesn't score tonight, that'll be three goals in his last 17 games. Not looking good. Shooting 6% over that span as well. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of unlocked potential here. And, you know, if, if an owner is, is tired of three goals in 17 games from a guy that you would have had to pick in the top couple rounds, you might be able to get him for much cheaper than you would have a month ago, two yeah. months ago. Yeah, if people are playing on the Yahoo app, I, I know I know tons of friends who just look at that last couple game thing and they go off of that basically they, that determines their whole year stats. Um, it's hilarious. There'll be a guy who, you know, who's over, the game over a point per game but hasn't got a point in three games, and they're freaking out. Oh, do I drop him? Um, and I think that, like you said, that can go in your favor here. It's the assist for Tavares. I believe we talked about it earlier in the season. He's just kind of, you know, put, it seems like he's putting up a couple more assists than he usually would. He's a, you know, perennial 40-assist guy on pace to crack that easily. Um, like you said, D, it's only going to get better. Um, for a guy who's 99% owned, it's um it's definitely someone who I think he doesn't necessarily hold the this isn't John Tavares of, of old as far as trades go you're not gonna have to trade a a top five target for him I think you can move you know someone down your lineup or yeah someone like a Kreider right like yeah. someone like that Kadri um, yeah someone like yeah. that uh, yeah yeah Phil Forsberg those guys that we talked about a week ago are yeah. all are all players that Shane. are probably um, due to regress here in the second half where Tavares should probably trend trend back in the opposite direction um, yeah. throw in a sweetener like Alex Tuck. Who's like forty nine percent owned? You're gold. Oh man, I don't know if I want to trade him. He's kind he's of an, amazing. If yeah. he wasn't as hot as he is right now, I would have had him on the show as a second half breakout. But I don't really know so much that you could even really trade yeah. for him and get anything. You, you couldn't get fair value for him right now because he would be so high. Um, still, you know his value is so high. He's over a point per game. He's been terrific. Yeah, still under fifty percent owned. This so we're just putting that announcement out there like a header. Yeah, pick I, up I, Alex I, Tuck. It, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. No. Um, yeah how low his own percentage is and how incredible the production has been thus far. Um, the next guy on the list, he's actually available similar to Alex Tuck available still in 40 or 55% of league. So if you're out there and he's available, you don't even need to trade for this guy, but I, you know, he's somebody I've talked about a bunch this season somebody that I still expect to have a huge second half and it's Victor Arvidsson. He's only two spots behind John Tavares in terms of individual expected goals for per 60 in all situations this season. He is also, um, 
number four in the NHL in terms of shots on goal per 60. The only players better are David Pasternak, Timo Meyer, Austin Matthews. He's one spot ahead of Nathan McKinnon. So elite company in terms of the shot volume. The playing time's all obviously a little bit less than what those guys offer, but still playing over 17 minutes a night. One of the best, you know, lines in, in NHL this season, really. Like, Deneau, Trevor Moore, and Victor Arvidsson are averaging over 44 scoring chances, 4 per 60. They're absolutely unbelievable. And uh, Arvidsson was recently moved up to the top power play unit, replacing Dustin Brown, no shocker there. It's a great spot for him. That so happened. this is a guy that that not only is is has the capabilities of producing at five v five play on a line that's been dominating and they've been dominating all season long. He's also on the top power play unit now as well. So the shot volume, the scoring chances four per sixty, all of it is is very very high and points towards a huge second half for Victor Arvidsson. I think in in terms of some of the other guys we're going to talk about, I think overall his, his upside is probably a little bit more limited, but he could score at a 30-35 goal pace for from here on out for the rest of this season. He's he's got that level of production in him. Yeah, and you can find him on the waiver wire in some leagues. He's still just 45% owned yeah. and then, you know, trade value will probably cost you next to nothing and it is probably a guy that you could probably look to frame a sort of like two for one around where you get, um, you know, you, you maybe find a couple of guys or, a, you know, someone worth exchanging that you feel are, are pretty close to even or maybe a small um, a small edge going the other way. And then you throw in a guy like Arvidsson. Like like I said, I, I think you can really get him as just that sort of, like Beep said, sweetener throw in. I don't think it's going to cost a lot at all. Uh, and yeah, you can find him on the wire in some leagues still. He still carries dual wing eligibility too. So, uh, certainly a lot of sneaky value still to be had there. Uh, and yeah, like you said, just more to come from him for sure. Yeah. It blows my mind that someone could have that many shots and, and there's so many leagues that count shots as, as part of their scoring system. You can shoot that much and still be less than 50% owned. I think that's just a the theme this year. We're just going to see a bunch of guys who just, just boil our blood that, that stay under 50. Um, he's a great guy. If you're in one of those, you know, eight to 10 man leagues where you can just sub a guy and in and out um he makes a great streamer um but like you said you know that's one of the hottest lines in hockey i i think that people are just you know they're not respecting la this year and it, it makes sense i mean they're they're supposed to be rebuilding but same time people are going to produce and, and i like this one a lot i mean the numbers numbers don't lie so um grab arvidson while you can i don't even if he is owned in your league i think you can trade the bottom of your roster guy for him um it's not going to take much to, to convince someone convince someone that they're low on defense and trade them your fourth d man It'll be perfect. It's a little bit simil- similar to what we've seen out of that Deneau line in the past, right? Like, the, yeah, the, the underlying numbers are outstanding, but they have, you know, it's never been like the most ultra talented line, and they've always had some finishing issues. And that's actually been the case with the entire Avalanche or the entire Kings roster this Whoa. season. They've had a big time fi- uh, finishing this season. But overall, the underlying numbers are outstanding. In his last eight games, he's got seven points. So, you know, maybe if people are looking back at uh, just the last eight games, you know, less than a point per game lately. Over the course of the season, he's right up there, um, posting. Oh, it's loading. Thirteen goals, nineteen assists, thirty-two points in forty-three games. So overall, the the numbers don't blow you away, but I think this is somebody that could have a big second half. And uh, you know, maybe this is just like a DFO podcast pat on the back here because we love this guy. The numbers do not lie. And if you take a look at the top of this list in terms of of players who lead the NHL in scoring chances, it's just a who's who of friends of the show. Um, yeah. you know, specifically, mainly. Our boy Timo Meyer, second in the NHL there. You just absolutely love to see that. Um, okay, a couple goalies to get to talk about second here. Second to? Austin Matthews. By two whole scoring chances. Yes, he's a freak of nature, <laughs> without a doubt. Um, the next two guys are, are interesting because I think that... It's crazy. I think that, you know, their value is certainly <clears throat> super high right now, but I think that maybe there's a certain level of distrust here still with these guys potentially from fantasy owners because there's they are so young they haven't really done this for an extended period of time but the first one's jeremy swayman first of all he's still available in 43 percent of leagues which is mind-blowing huh? um so if he's available in 43 percent of leagues you should probably make sure that is not your league that he's available in it and rush to the waiver wire and scoop this guy up because he seems to be taking over the number one job in boston he has been lights out as of late since returning to the the NHL on January 30th 
He's gone 2-1-1 one, one with a 940 save percentage. That was coming into today's game where he only allowed one goal to the Avalanche. So he's been absolutely lights out. He's given up nine goals in his last six starts. So first of all, only 57% owned. But also, if, if anybody, if there's owners out there that don't trust him because A, he's still very young and unproven, or B, they might think that potentially this is still a timeshare with Linus Omar. That timeshare is, I think, shrinking with each passing start. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think that Swayman's ever going to be a guy who starts Connor Hellebuck-level numbers, right? He's not going to start 70% of the games. But if he sees 60, 58% of the starts, he's going to be a huge fantasy asset down the stretch. Yeah. I, I think, like, Allmark was always just kind of a Band-Aid, right? And was probably there. Um, yeah. He's 74% owned in Yahoo Leagues, Allmark is. Yeah. yeah. I think He also got, like, a five-year contract, you know, four years? Yeah, he yeah. got a nice juice. That's what I mean. I, I think they brought him in to kind of help with this transition of, mm-hmm. you know, Rask to Swayman, uh, and I'm sure they didn't anticipate, you know, it kind of happening this quickly. But, yeah, he's really outplayed him to this point, uh, and especially of late, um, and they're still a very good hockey team. So, uh, yeah, you want their goalie on most nights, even when they're going up against the Avalanche, apparently. So, yeah, I think he's a, he's a really good shout right now. Probably about a week too late, but uh, I did just grab him in our, I think, 10-team league games, yeah. the, a little bit less active than most leagues. So I did just grab him there today. So he is still out there and available. Um, and otherwise, like you said, I, in redraft leagues especially, I, I think he's a really good target right now because, uh, yeah, I think someone might look at him and kind of see him, as you said, Brock, as unproven and look at the last four games and think it's a good time to move him. Um, but realistically, you know, I, I do think that's him kind of taking the job a little bit. Uh, and he certainly has an opportunity now to run with it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been a sway man believer all year. Um, had him in a keeper league pretty much since day one. And and even when he got sent down, I, I remember tweeting out, like, how is a goalie with a, with, you know, with a 920 at the time and a goals against average just around two getting sent down to the minors right near, right now? What a slap in the face. Who would have thought, that, you know, that he would come back with a fire under his ass, and you, and, and you know, the 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 scare that Tuukka Rask might come back and take your position is gone, and clearly he's he's running with it. Um, it, it just go look at Allmark's last couple games. It's 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 absolutely ugly. He's got an eight eight ninety three in his last start, an eight sixty the start before a seven thirty three start before that. It's just not pretty. There's one nice one in between there at at a nine twenty six, but. In your last four starts, you're just giving the, the, the job away Bennington style. We are watching a Billy Huso, Jordan Bennington situation go down in Boston and on, on both the playoff team. Um, and uh, and you might as well jump on the Swayman side like we told you to do with Huso. Because at this point, if you did that and you do have Huso, you could be going into your fantasy playoffs with two incredible goaltenders. And ones who are going to start probably about 70% of the time. So. Huso is still just 71% of the uh, percent owned, which is mind-boggling as well. Um, okay, just a couple quick questions here. Just in terms of goalies that you could potentially trade one for one right now for Swayman, would you rather rest of season have Jeremy Swayman or Cam Talbot? Swayman. D? Swayman. I think uh, Kakinen. Kakinen, yeah. I always forget if it's Kakinen. taken that. Kakinen or Capo <laughs> Kakinen. Um, I think he's a bigger threat than Olmark at, at this point in time. And obviously, goalies are very fluid, but yeah, you know, judging by what we've seen to this point. Um, I think I like swimming it. Honestly, I love the wild, but I just think I trust the Bruins a little bit more too. Yeah. I'm a little worried with Talbot going down here and there too. He's had a couple games where he has gotten hurt and you know, they're, they're going to baby him. He's their, he's yeah. their baby. And we've also just seen him like be subpar for hundreds of games. For at sure. A time, so. For sure. <laughs> hundreds of games. <laughs> Literally okay, hundreds. What, maybe another one that may be a little bit more interesting, obviously a worse team, but a bigger name starts more John Gibson Ooh. or Swayman. I would rather have Swayman still. I would rather have Swayman because I think you're gonna you're gonna leverage out the wins as far as that goes, and and in the games that you're you're not winning, Gibson's getting lit up likely because he's playing you know one of those those yeah. high end teams. Um, I'd rather just have yeah Swayman and you know have Boston decide when when I start him and not Gibson and have myself decide. Yeah, Gibson is it's probably a tough time to move him too just because they're yeah. on him I'm, and the Ducks are a bit of a tailspin, people- but aren't trusting Swayman maybe because he's a little too young or whatever. For sure. like, or they don't know, and you're trading name value and guys that own percentages are, are 30 to 40% yeah. higher. People might just see that blindly and be yeah. like, well, unless yes. you're in, unless you're in desperate need for starts, then I, I, yeah, I'd, I'd rather I'd probably rather have Swayman at, at this point. Uh, although I do love Gibby. Um, okay. Another guy too. same similar situation. A guy that's very young seems to be taking over the job. Um, in Dallas, he's been absolutely lights out. As of late, a disappointing loss to the Arizona Coyotes, but to no fault of his own the other night. Um, dating back to the end of 
January. In his last seven starts, Jake Ottinger is 5-2 with one shutout and a 939 save percentage. He's been terrific, specifically in his last three starts. And um, yeah, I like he he has even less competition, I think, than, than Swayman um, because there's really no... The, the, the Dallas Stars don't owe Braden Holby anything. Sure. Like, Linus Armick's going to be around in Boston moving forward. Braden Holby most likely will not be, or not for a long stretch of time. Where Jake Ottinger is the goaltender of the future and potentially the goaltender, goaltender of the present for the Stars right now. The only concern I have with Ottinger is, and I've talked about this on the show before, I don't know who the Stars are. The Stars are the only team in the NHL that rank top 10 in goals for on home ice and bottom 10 in goals for on the road. They just cannot win hockey party games boys. on the road. They're party boys. <laughs> they just cannot do it. Like, they go into Arizona and lose. And it's like, how the fuck does that shit happen? They just they can't seem to get it done on the road. So and then they, Arizona they, tweets at them. Yeah. And then it, and it gets messy. Did yeah. you see that? I didn't. Arizona's Twitter, I, was, I think it was yesterday. Just I, I don't know what it was about, but they tweeted something about about them, but it's just like, geez, you guys are tweet, you guys, you're tweeting clapbacks in second last place. You just have not built a stadium place. that's smaller than Michael Rodge. Yeah, it's gonna be that place is gonna be bumping though. Five thousand just college students. I want to get in there once, just once. D, anything to add on Andre? Oh, uh, no, I, he's obviously in pretty good shape right now. What's up with Kudobin? Is his, he, his ghost is still lurking around, right? In the minors. Yeah. Is he in the minors or is he? I thought he was just on the roster still, but. He's been up and down. Um, so far, he is. He's obviously been very bad for a couple. He of years is now, two but. and four with a nine oh three save percentage with the Texas Stars of the AHL. Eight seventy nine save percentage with the Stars, the Dallas Stars. He's got to be coming up though, right? Sure. Yeah. Like, no, no. Like he, he he's in the minors. It's Holpe and Ottinger right now on the active roster for sure. Yeah, I could have played a couple weeks ago, but yeah, while um, um, Holby was out. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I think. You know, they're going to want to get him primed a little bit more moving forward, too. Because at this point, you know, he has to, you know, a, relatively a pretty drastic level outplayed Holpe this season. So, um, and this is a guy who I think has like 37 career minutes in playoff time up until this point. So I think they're really going to look to test him and really push him down the stretch. So, yes, Holpe's there. He's been a workhorse for a very long time, and he's still going to get a decent amount of starts because he has played, you know, pretty well this season i think he's got about a 9 12 yep uh slightly above league average save percentage so you know still some uh he's still providing some value when he does get in there but yeah i think they're really going to want to see what they have in ottinger and really push him down the stretch because at this point like there's no doubt like you know he'd be the guy that would start a playoff series so i think he's really going to get tested down the stretch and it should only result in more and more games for him yeah and just you tend to see just a different team in front of ottinger hope he's got a below 500 save percent or below 500 win percentage um, it just, it just I, I don't know. I just think long term, it just shows you. Even know, Carter they, they, Hutton they has a save percentage above five hundred. Yeah, barely. And Dallas is obviously going to ride their their best goalie right now moving forward. Yeah. Um, they're two po- four points out of a playoff spot with a game in hand. So if they win that game, they're two points out behind a national team that's suddenly struggling mightily. They've lost four in a row, so it's a tight playoff uh, race there in the Central. And uh, and and they're obviously going to ride. Ottinger so long as he's playing as well as he is as of late. Okay, uh, let's move more to some guys who are by low options right now. And the first being Nick Ehlers. Now, obviously, Nick Ehlers is a tremendous talent, but still out of the lineup. Um, you know, expected to be back relatively soon, I would say within a couple of weeks, hopefully. Um, but, you know, potentially you are a team that is having a, a very good season. You could potentially afford the luxury to move a, a, a roster player at the moment for somebody who might not be around for a couple weeks. To You know, obviously every league is different, but maybe the guy with the Oilers is, is, is battling for a playoff spot and needs somebody to help him now. Things like that are out there. And, you know, trading for an injured player is usually a little bit easier than, than trading for a healthy player. And, and we haven't seen Nick Oilers since January 18th. So I think, you know, before it gets too close to him being back in the lineup, you would like, you're going to want to pounce. And we were talking about some of these statistics earlier in terms of the individual expected goals for per 60. Nick Ehlers ranks 28th in the the NHL um, in that uh, category, but he's way up there, uh, eighth in the NHL in terms of shots on goal per 60. A guy that we love shoots the puck a ton. In terms of scoring chances, he's. 
10th in the NHL in individual scoring chances for per 60 in all situations. So uh, he's been great. Obviously, um, the the Jets, as we talked about a little bit at the top of the show, have, have found something again with Mark Scheifele and Blake Wheeler, unsurprisingly. Uh, Paul Stastny fits okay there on the left side with them, but it's been a revolving <laughs> door of, 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 of Evgeny Svechnikov, Cole Perfetti, um, tonight Adam Brooks <laughs> uh, on the right wing with Dubois and Kyle Connor, and that should be Nick Ehlers spot whether or not Perfetti lands there and Nick Ehlers replaces stats in the top line it really does not matter for Nick yeah. Ehlers you know he's going to be playing a prominent role in that top six with either Shifley or Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois and it's a very highly coveted spot and if the early part of the season is any indication he is gonna have a monster second half as soon as he gets healthy again prior to him getting hurt he had 25 points 13 goals 12 assists in 34 games yeah, it's a career twelve percent shooter who's only shooting nine and a half percent this year. That's and that's a that's a six year career, so it's not like you know it's just a couple years of Nikolai Ehlers, you know, putting 20, 20 plus goals in. But he's also done that in five straight seasons going into into this year. You could pick a guy up, you know, you can basically guarantee is going to give you at least ten ten more for the rest of the year, maybe fifteen fifteen. Um, then that's pretty nice at the bottom of your roster. I think you can get him. A lot of people are going to be upset with this guy. Like you said, he's been injured. He hasn't put up nearly the production that people expected out of drafts. Um, and it's it can only really get better for Ehlers. Um, shooting the puck a ton. Like you said, walking into a great top six spot there. I love grabbing him if you're in a good spot. And I think you made a great point. There are going to be a ton of teams at this point that are moving into panic mode. And there's nothing better than, you know, just reminding your buddy that he should be in panic mode. So, um, <laughs> yeah, get it done with Ehlers. Yeah, I, you know, he's just such a reliable shooter, both in terms of his volume and, um, you know, the clip that he shoots at. Like Beeb said, um, career 12% shooter. And to your point, Beebs, he hasn't shot below 12% since his rookie season. Yeah. So certainly would Doesn't expect that how. to jump up a little bit. And I, I really just think it's a matter of time. Um, and we're going to see it within these next couple of years where his goal scoring just really takes a big step forward. And Because I, I think, you know, just in terms of how much he shoots and the fact that, uh, yes, he has always shot at, you know, an above average clip. Like, I, I certainly think there's a 40 goal season, um, you know, in the future for Nick Ehlers. He just needs to stay healthy and continue to get the minutes that he was getting at the start of the season. So um, certainly seems like that's all going to happen and line up for him. Um, not the 40 goals, but the opportunity and, and everything else that we're talking about when he does return to the lineup. So, yeah, he's a guy I'd be looking to go after. And like you said, you know, he's a point per game last season. Uh, he was really good at the start of the season and he was getting those minutes, but the production did fall off a little bit. Uh, and again, more of the fact that he just hasn't really played enough games for the regression to kind of come to full fruition. So I certainly think he's a point per game player at this point and I'd be treating him as such, uh, but also keeping in mind the fact that you might not see him for uh, a little bit longer. So certainly that has to play into how you value yeah. him in redraft leagues. If you're in panic mode, then don't, don't trade for this dude. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You, the one thing you, keyed in on there is that he's reliable and especially the shot volume and just to kind of uh emphasize how reliable his shot volume is excluding the game where he got hurt um which was the last game that he played he only played 13 minutes that game so excluding that game in his previous 33 games only one time did he have zero or one shot on goal multiple shots in every single game this season more often than not, three, four, a couple eight-shot games in there. He, he gets the puck on net with regularity very, very frequently. So um, Nick Ehlers coming to an ice rink near you hopefully soon. But uh, I think the other thing, just really quick on Nick Ehlers, he's 87% owned, so he is still available somehow in 13% of leagues. Obviously the shallowest of leagues, but nonetheless, 13% uh, owned Nick Ehlers. So Brady Kachuk's next, and... 13% available, Nick Ehlers. Available, sorry, yes. Um, Brady Kachuk is a, a player who, at the start of the season, usually gets quite a bit of flack from us because he goes way too early. In yeah, season, we're always way like, too early. shockingly, he is not living up to this billing <laughs> of a 14th overall pick, and it's time to buy low on him. Um, things have obviously not gone great for him recently without you know Drake Batherson and Josh Norris. Um, that's not really all that surprising. In his last seven games, he only has four points two goals and four points in his last seven. If you go back a little bit further to about the middle of January, he's got 10 points, only four goals though in his last 16 games. So the production isn't 
horrendous, but you would imagine that it's going to get much better once Norris and Batherson return to the lineup. And while he's a little bit cool right now, you might want to pounce and and, and uh, get him on your roster, you know, before it's too late. Again, in terms of shots on goal per 60, um, Brady Kachuk ranks 18th in the NHL. Very, very impressive. In terms of the individual expected goals for per 60, Brady Kachuk is number 15, right behind Connor McDavid and Alexander Ovechkin. So the production, you know, he obviously produces at a very nice clip, but with, you know, basically playing with with Tim Stitzel and uh, and Adam Gaudet, and when he's not playing with them, he's with Nick Paul and Connor Brown. I mean, that those guys are not Josh Norris and Drake Bathurst. They just simply are not. So um, I, w- I think while he's a little bit cool right now, get him on your roster, wait for Bathurst and Norris to return, and then watch him skyrocket. Yeah, Drake Bathurst and is above a point per game player when he's in that lineup. And, and and I don't think people are talking about it. You mentioned it, how big of a loss this is. You're losing arguably your first and third best player at this point. Maybe put Brady, Brady TK in there. Um, that's going to hurt anyone's fantasy value. So, you know, just uh, I, I say jump in on it. I'm actually about to send a trade right now in one of my leagues for Brady TK. You love to see it. Um, you don't hate to see it, that's for sure. But, yeah, you don't you don't want, you know, Alex Foreman to eat in 20 minutes of ice every game. Yeah, obviously it depends on the league, right? Because this guy is a cat filler. And if you have shots and hits, like you're probably not going to be able to get him at a bargain because he's been pretty phenomenal in those leagues still. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just the fact that he's managed a plus three alone on the Ottawa Senators this season, I think is worthy of our respect and, and our attention. So um, I, I feel like we, we talk about it every year. Like it's only a matter of time before this guy is actually worth drafting in the first two rounds of fantasy leagues. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, I'm happy just to kind of let people overdraft him early on and then, uh, swoop in mid season, like, uh, like you can right now. Cause it's yeah. certainly a good time. Vulture to buy. status. We're vultures. The next one obviously is a little bit different. Um, and, and it's Claude Giroux, 75% owned. And this is strictly because of you know, <coughs> the potential increase in fantasy value. He could get from a trade, uh, right now playing with Cam Axton, Oscar Lindblom, they've been fine, but the teams that he says he's willing to go to are Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis, teams like that. If he goes to one of those teams, you would imagine he'll be pretty productive. Um, I, you know, whether I'll say does he have? I'm a little this. worried about Colorado. He has a no, full no yeah, moves Yeah. Who? Yeah. How? Yeah. What do you, well, how does he have a full no move? He's Was it like part of to get him back? He's had like ten years back? there. Wait, who are we talking about? Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux. I thought we were talking about Pugliarvi. I was oh, so no. confused. Oh, no. Claude Giroux. <laughs> Didn't you tee up Pugliarvi? No, Claude Giroux. Dude, I was like, how are you saying he doesn't have the back? That's what I was going to say. Like, how is, how does... 10 years of a C on his shoulder. <laughs> well, that, yeah, it makes a lot more sense. Um, Claude Giroux, those are the teams that he's... he's but I'm, you understand why I was confused why Jesse Pugliarvi would have a full Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. I was like, what is Ken Holland doing? Huh? I am a little worried, Although it though. it wouldn't surprise me. I think I Jonathan Erickson had one. <laughs> I don't even know if it's allowed in the cap for a 23-year-old to have a no. full no move. But no. Sorry, continue no, about okay. I'm just the G-Man. Uh, the thing about Drew, if he goes to Colorado, because that's the talk, you know, so I hear it daily. If he goes there, he, he, he's, he's going to move into that. He might. They're talking third-line center role. It's not really going to get much better there. There is no room in that top power play. Kadri's not moving out of there. He's got that circle on lock. He's one of the best face-off men in the, in the league this year. Giroux's not going to take that from him. If anything, he's going to a PP2 role and likely, you know, a, a third-line spot. He can maybe move up into the second line, but he's never going to be top-line like he is in Philly. He's not going to be playing 20 minutes a night. He hasn't played a whole lot of center like he is yeah. currently, but to me if it's Colorado to me obviously I think the the more I, the most ideal landing spot for Claude Giroux is Minnesota if he yeah. replaces Freddie Gaudreau Big time. and he plays with Fiala and Matt Boldy that yeah. is prime real estate St. Louis he, he becomes Col- a stud yeah, yeah. St. Louis they, uh, to me Minnesota makes the most sense in Colorado, he could play on the wing with Kadri because they have plenty of centers. Yeah. Newhook's fine in the third-line role. Comfort, when he play, he can play center, he's been mostly wing. Tyson Jost has been fine as a bottom-six center, so they don't necessarily need him at center. That's how yeah. good Colorado is. He could definitely play with, with Kadri and, and, and Burakovsky. Yeah. I don't know if you want to break that up yeah. because Nachushkin's been Where's very Nichushkin good there. Go, like yeah. Nachushkin would probably just help out uh, Newhook or Giroux. Can, like, I, I, I get what you're saying. To me, though, like... That's just what I'm worried about. To, to I just me, don't want people line, running too third quick. Third line Colorado Avalanche is basically the top line of, of the Philadelphia he's, Flyers. He's playing so much though right yeah. now. Like 
I have him in uh, in a league, and personally, I hope he doesn't move because like Minnesota would be great, sure. But the like when just in general, like, when someone's playing as much as he is, and they move teams, like chances are like the ice time is is gonna go down. Like the last seventeen games in particular, since uh, after the Christmas break, is when his ice time has really started picking up. He's averaging just under twenty one minutes a night. He's at twenty minutes and fifty seven seconds. So, uh, and I think that volume, as much as anything, is helping to maintain a lot of fantasy relevance. He's still got 13 points in those 17 games. So yeah, like, you know, if he moves to Colorado, like that 21 minutes could definitely drop around to like 14, 15, right? If he's not, even if he's on the line line with Kadri, Uh, Minnesota certainly feels like the one place that could use a top line center, but even that's a really deep team uh, with some good two way centers that are going to eat a lot of minutes as well. And I think that's the issue with St. Louis. Uh, So yeah, I would just hope, more than anything that he stays put because he is playing a lot of minutes yeah, uh, and he is returning some nice value for me personally on my fantasy team right now. Uh, and he was a pretty free ad at the bottom of the draft. So uh, yeah, he's been found money this year, which is pretty funny to say about Claude Giroux, yeah. uh, but people are definitely sleeping on him coming to this year. So uh, I'd honestly be a little hesitant to move to trade for him. Cause I, I think there's a really good chance that the situation gets worse for him from a fantasy perspective, even if the players around him get that much better. It's certainly, it certainly could. Um, this is why more more often than not, our our we do reactionary pieces to the trade because it's a lot easier to say, hey, here's what's going to happen, as opposed to here's who we could get traded to, for and or two, and here's what could happen if he goes. Cause sure, we, we really don't know. It, like to fully getting traded to Calgary, you would just automatically assume he's going to play in the second line. Yeah, right. But it's like, I mean, again, it's I think games. in a way though, you could almost if you are a Drew owner, you could almost use him in that way where people are gonna think Maybe you know you that exactly that's what i'm saying at right right now he's under a point per game in philly but if you could trade him for a point per game guy i don't like i i personally think if, if he you know he goes somewhere other than minnesota he's just gonna keep this up what he's doing which is great but if you could get a point per game guy you're still getting more production than what he's giving you and i think a lot of people are connecting the name right now to the big teams and so if you have them why not sell them the fact high? that the abs are in a position where they can yeah, even they can fit a nine million dollar cap hit and it's just like yeah just throw them in the lineup absolutely bonkers. and we don't even have to long-term ir anyone who would have thought yeah who would have to circumvent the cap <laughs> yeah um tj oshi's next on the list down to 72 percent owned you just need to drastically underpay your stars is what you need to do <laughs> yeah it's easy much. money dude that's the it's key easy. it's too easy <laughs> tj oshi has been limited to just 18 games this season but in those 18 games he has produced 13 points five goals eight assists um tj sochi it's olympic yeah. season still nice yes one of the better nicknames he uh obviously this is more of just a, a similar to a nick Ehlers. he's hurt but this is it wouldn't be hard to get tj Oshie from anybody and he could very easily just become a bottom of your roster player who could have a very nice second half um he's not somebody who's going to completely light the world on fire but i mean he had 50 43 points in 53 games a season ago prior to that he had 26 goals 23 assists 49 points in 69 games so he has been very productive throughout his time in washington this is a team that has been starving uh for some wing help here in the last few months connor sheary daniel sprong uh, some guy named Snively, Ned Schneebly, uh, just <laughs> they've been just rotating just a lot of just mediocre wingers with Nick Backstrom and Alex Ovechkin and getting Oshie, getting Mantha back is going to help. Ma- I can't believe uh, he's still seventy two percent owned. I can't believe he's thirty five years old. Yeah, I was looking at that too. Holy you know he's shit. played as many seasons in Washington now as he has in St. Louis, or as he did in St. Louis. Seven and seven. Yeah. Also, his first name's Timothy Leaf. How does that make TJ? <laughs> I'm assuming his dad's name is Timothy. No, Timothy Leaf Oshi is his name. Timothy, Timothy Jr. Gotcha. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Took you a while there. <laughs> Bright one over here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I was just wondering, why isn't he T.L. Osh? I was like, that's such a sick name. Oshi was be, back on the ice this, this cool. morning. Uh, it remains to be seen exactly when he's going to return to the lineup, but... If you move quickly, like I said, he's not going to be somebody that moves the needle a ton for you. But if he becomes your bottom of the roster or near bottom of the roster, you have a very, very strong team sure. moving forward. So I like TJ Oshi, Timothy Leaf, Soshi, whatever yeah. you want to call him. Nice. Well, we got to assume that if people are listening to this podcast, they likely have a nice little lead on their on their fantasy league. So these are the trades that they're going to be making right now. To, One uh, guy just said this his team on Twitter – the other day, and it was like every single player we've talked about Loved this season, it. and the team is fucking amazing. Like, yeah, he you probably just hasn't lost see. a week. You just love to see it. He had, let me see if I can find it. 
Jesper Bratt, Sam Bennett, Alex Tuck, <laughs> Ryan Hartman, Connor McDavid, Sebastian Aho, Jordan Kyrou, Matt Boldy, Jack Eichel, Mo Sider. Matt Boldy. Soros, Kemper, Francouz. Like, it's just you love to see yeah. it. The team was Joe Nowak. Shout out. Unreal squad. Boldy might be the mascot of the show this year just because we were literally on it from game one. He hadn't even played yet. I don't even think. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You gave him a shot. I'll give you trops. It was like it was Brock. Goss Despair a few years ago. Brock called him out as like, guys, you're gonna love this name. And then he went nuts in Philly, and it was like, holy shit. Well, here's Boldy. Yeah, I mean, it's not good I, job. I don't want to give myself too many props because he's like literally one of the top prospects in the league. It's pretty easy to be like, hey, no. top prospects probably gonna be pretty good. Hey, but, but this isn't baseball. They don't usually come up and just crush it. I mean, we we're watching Lafreniere is- try to figure out how to skate still. Um, so, <laughs> you know. We're so hard on something. This is true. No, but I just mean in the sense that like we weren't wavering on him from day one. Like no. he was two percent owned, and we were like, he pick needs to be owned. He's still league. only he's thirty like percent. Thirty percent. Yeah, yeah. He's still like that's ridiculous. Bonkers. Speaking of waiver wire targets, Matt Boldy is thirty percent owned. Please <laughs> make sure you pick that guy up. Yeah. We, I don't like. I guess like maybe we. He's got need. dual wing now too. Like just when you thought it couldn't get better, has not switched sides once all season, <laughs> but it's fine. Give it to him. So like yeah, waiver wires. Perfect segue here. Um, you know, we don't like to just talk about the same guys every week, but when he's point per game player, put up multiple points every night, it seems. Playing with Fial, who's red hot right now. Goudreau's been a fine second-line center. If Claude Giroux goes there, look the fuck out. Uh, Matt Boley, 30% owned. He's going to kick off the waiver wire breakout. Uh, consistent plus. Consistent shots on net. He does not hurt you in fantasy hockey. He's great. Yeah. Getting a lot of ice, too, for a guy that's only played 16 games in the league. He's, he's great. Um, Cole Caulfield next, another highly touted prospect, 33% owned, maybe higher now that he just popped uh, a couple more points tonight. I don't know the exact numbers on tonight. I'm trying to pull them up. But if he could play the Leafs every night, he'd be a really good fantasy asset. He's been uh, very, very good since Martin St. Louis uh, came into the this picture. Are we sure it's not St. Louis just wearing Caulfield's jersey? <laughs> Caulfield's behind the bench. Because I'm pretty sure they're identical in size. He had a goal and Same two assists against the Maple Leafs tonight, so you just love to see that unless Ooh. you're uh, a Leafs fan, but uh, since Cole, no, Coff- I love being reminded of last year's playoffs round one. It was great. Since uh, since St. Louis came into uh, the team, he has four goals, three assists for seven points in five games. Most importantly, again, this is before tonight. He was averaging 18 minutes time on ice. Sorry, his last three games, he was averaging 19 and a half minutes uh, per game. That is way up from the uh, 14 minutes we were seeing him play. Uh, under Dominic Ducharme, so the uh, the ice time is is drastically increased for Cole Perfetti, uh, Cole Perfetti, Cole Caulfield, and uh, he's playing on line with Nick Suzuki and Josh Anderson. They've been very very productive. St. Louis was on record saying that this is a line that could be together for a very long time for this team. Uh, I don't think he was talking games. I think he was talking years. Yeah. <laughs> by the sounds of things, but uh, so he must really, really like Cole Caulfield. I mean, they literally are the same height and same weight, and uh, <laughs> like this is a perfect mirror image of him. But also the fact that he's playing with Suzuki and Anderson is a very good thing. They just stare at each other like, "Hey, man, yeah, that's a good look you got going. Yeah. That's good height. That's a good weight you got." And then they they chest bump. Um, I feel like we're selling St. Louis short in the sense that nice, no pun, pun intended. Nice pun. <laughs> that we're actually not treating him with enough respect for how short he was okay so he was 5'8 and Caulfield's 5'9 I thought he was even shorter yeah. than 5'8 so we're good yeah. no they, they're it, yeah. li- I, I looked it up they're literally the same yeah. height and weight pretty much well yeah. drops uh, to pretty much pretty much literally pretty much <laughs> pretty well much. like I think I think St. Louis got an extra 10 pounds on him and that's just literally all quads when was St. Louis last and weight? an inch St. Louis hasn't played in a while uh, he looks pretty thick do they weigh pick. coaches well, when he played, <laughs> he was pretty <laughs> thick. He was pretty thick at the end. Dude. They bring him in and just get weighed. Massive, Look at that neck. Quads. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a tiny bod. So for the it folks looks listening at home, it's um, it's a big neck. On it's a thick neck. Yeah, but uh, Caulfield, thirty-five percent owned. Uh, if we're going to talk about Boldy at thirty-four, I think Boldy deserves more than Caulfield. Sure, but sure. At the same time, thirty-five percent for Caulfield. If he's going to play like this. It, it, it says so much that a new coach is going to give you 20 minutes of ice time. It's like, hey, man, here's the range. Just fucking take them yeah. and make me look good in my first ever coaching job because I've only ever coached a peewee team. He's just so, such, yeah. He's just such an obvious talent, right? And we've been saying it all along, like, if it doesn't happen this year, it's going to happen eventually yeah. for Cole Caulfield. Um, to me, like, the most encouraging thing is that he's as young as he is. He's just playing as little as he is, and he's still shooting the puck three times a game. Um, so, yeah, I just think he's just going to get better and better moving forward. Whether or not, like, you know, he can keep this up, you know, this season and really start reaping returns and, and be a worthwhile fantasy asset in redraft leagues, 
I'm not quite convinced, but it's certainly there's so much upside there that he's someone that's definitely worth uh, an ad right now. Cause you know, definitely. And like we talk about from time to time with these young players, um, it's kind of hard not to get excited about them or at least not, you know, they're always worth a speculative ad because we really haven't seen, you know, Untapped the best that they can offer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And this is a guy that's going to be getting better for years to come soon. Uh, and he's already really, really good. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens this year, but certainly worth a speculative ad. Uh, 16 and a half minutes tonight. Again, much higher than what he normally played. They had the game pretty much in hand as well, so didn't need to play him too too much. But, um, yeah, th- this is... A small sample size, obviously, but a lot more of what we expected to see. Um, like we we had a more of a butt as a bust coming in than somebody that we really were targeting because he was going too early. So we weren't like super high on yeah. his draft again because we, were, we, we just were weren't sure it would all come together. Feels for like a Brady year, TK right? thing, like to yeah. a, a Walmart just too Brady high TK, of a draft, just like draft calm position. down, and yeah. now we're like go nuts. Exactly, exactly. You got to draft on realized value as opposed to potential value, yeah. right? Realize, see, realize. But the waiver wire is all about that potential value. It's all about shooting for the stars. Nice. Yes, he pulled Yarvi just 33% owned. Um, the one thing you can do with Pulley Yarvi right now is. is I knew pick, we were going to talk about Pulley Yarvi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is just, pick him up and move him to your IR because he is currently injured. Um, he's expected to miss a month uh, or so ish. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, so maybe you don't have to pick him up immediately. But if you have him on your IR, I think he's worth it because um, Jay Woodcroft came in. He. he Looked like he wanted to put Pulley Yarby and Hyman back together with McDavid. They were really, really clicking again before he got hurt. He uh, that's a line that's been lights out all season, averaging over forty scoring chances, four per sixty. They've been very, very good. Then you look at Pulley Yarby. He's seventeenth in the NHL in individual expected goals, four per sixty. Um, you know, right ahead of David Pasternak and Leon Draisaitl and Kyle Connor. So very good production there in terms of the, the shot volume it's been very solid as well uh the scoring chances four for 60 all very good signs the fact that you play with Connor mcdavid is, is obviously a huge plus but i think that when he gets back in the lineup and, and hopefully he gets put back with mcdavid and hyman and, and they just make magic again again you could also just move down and play with leon it's really not a big deal he seems to be a better fit with mcdavid it's worked better for him but uh the numbers stand out and uh, he's had a pretty nice year to date, but I think you know when he gets back, this team takes the turn, turns the corner like we expect them to, which they've already kind of started to do under Woodcroft. He should be in for a pretty big second half. Again, it sucks that he's going to miss as much time as he's going to, but if you have room on your IR, I think he's worth stashing. Yeah, well, he's obviously a big part of their plans moving forward. They gave him that no movement clause. Yeah, that that one, the yeah. only one in history. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I mean, backtrack. He seems like I'm just when you watch him, like he seems like the most naturally, I guess, best fit for McDavid and playing on, on the wing with him and. Uh, I think him and Drysaddle kind of do a lot of the same things. Drysaddle does them a lot better, obviously, but yeah, yeah. Um, eh, they fill similar the roles. Uh, and I think McDavid, you know, traditionally has done well when he has a little bit of size played on his wing, even if the wingers, you know, Zach Cassian haven't always reaped the benefits themselves. So uh, I think it makes sense to play him there, and he certainly has a lot more offensive upside than a guy like Zach Cassian. Who so, thought Zach Cassian wouldn't have performed on that top line sure, with Connor? Sure. Hey, he was hot for a bit, but yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I you know. No reason why he shouldn't go right back into that top six, like Brock said. Um, so certainly a guy that I would want uh, on my roster when he is healthy because, again, untapped potential. Yeah, a lot of leagues, too, right now pushing a ton of IR spots, but not a lot of dudes with COVID. So might as well use those things up. Stash a dude like PR, yeah. get him in there. A lot of big IR bumps before the season. Oh, huge IR bumps, including a five spot in our league. So here we are. Uh, the last guy we're going to talk about today is Kyle Palmieri. I don't think that there was a single player in the NHL that had a more unlucky first half of the season than Kyle Palmieri. Um, since returning to the lineup, he's been a little bit better. Not great. Three goals in his last three games, and uh, recently playing with Matt Barzell, which is obviously the spot in the lineup that you want to be. But he only had one goal in his first 29 games. In that time, he had 63 shots. He shot 1.6%. Um, Palmieri's been a guy that's usually a pretty reliable goal scorer, pretty reliable point producer, and you would imagine that things are going to turn. I, like All the statistics suggest that he's going to have a much better second half. How good of a second half remains to be seen, but at only 5% owned in deeper leagues, he's certainly somebody that's wild, widely available, and you can add him in, in pretty much any league right now. And I think that, you know, like I said, last three games, three goals in that span. He's got three shots on goal in each one of those games, nine shots total. He's averaging um, 
15 minutes a night. He played 18 the one game. Playing with Barzell, hopefully it's something that lasts long. Yeah, hopefully. He scored a goal in the first game against them, or with him, so hopefully that's something that, you know, they've been. it's been a revolving door there too. You've seen Josh Bailey, you've seen Kiefer Bellows, you've seen fucking everybody up there with Barzell. They sure. really can't figure anything out. They can't score goals. But hopefully Palmieri can, and really the reason I'm giving him a shout is because all the statistics suggest that he's going to have a much bigger second half, and he's available in almost every league. Yeah, I, it's tough because he just really hasn't done much at all since going over to the Islanders. I like call Kyle Palmieri yeah, a lot. He used to be your boy. Yeah, for years, just because it was just so undervalued. But a big part of that you know, came from the ice time, right? Uh, but yeah, I, would, I really wanted the Leafs uh, to move from at the deadline last year. I thought he would have been a much uh, better and more useful addition than Nick Foligno ultimately ended up being and was essentially cost the same price. But <laughs> alas, it didn't happen. Uh, but yeah, he just certainly hasn't been the same since going to the Islanders. And the biggest thing has been the ice time. So if he can play on the top line, um, certainly there's a lot of upside there. Cause yeah, he's just been so reliable when he does get the minutes. Um, but at the same time, when he doesn't get the minutes, he's been pretty consistent and just not being able to obviously put up anywhere near the damage that he did for fears in New Jersey, which is obviously expectable. But, uh, when he didn't get the minutes in New Jersey or obviously his short time here in the Islanders are a couple of years in uh, Anaheim when he was playing around 15 minutes a night, he's kind of tapping out around, you know, a 40 point pace. So, uh, certainly a guy that needs the ice to put up the points, but he's going to shoot a lot. He's always shot at a decent clip as well with career 12.1%. Uh, shooting percentage so yeah if he's getting the ice time and he's getting the run on the top line in deep leagues i think he's definitely worth an ad uh but certainly i would have a really short leash on just because you know we're going on 49 games with the islanders and 14 points so you can only have so much patience um for a guy who's you know on the wrong side of 30 um and had that much of an extended run with the team because you know it's a pretty drastic shift uh, when he did change teams. Now I'm gonna be if it's Kyle Palmieri for me, it's just a stream option. I'm looking yeah. at what the matchup is here. But like Brock said, deeper leagues yeah. for sure. I think I mean, there's some upside. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, yeah. and and if you're looking at those leagues where you almost have to teams, you almost have to get guys on third lines in that. Um, you might as well grab them because where else are you gonna get that type of production? Um, but at that own percentage, Brock, there's another guy I just want a quick shout out. Scott Lawton out in Philadelphia. We talked about Claude Giroux potentially moving out of town. Didn't mention Sean Couturier went down a few oh, weeks ago. Year. Yep, down for down for the year. In the last eight games, Scott Lawton has eight points. He's played over 18-plus minutes in every game but two of those. And when a guy like Sean Couturier goes down, there's about 22 minutes of ice time that needs to get eaten up every single night. And it, 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 it's valuable ice time. It, it, it's scary. And now you bring in your Walmart version, Sean Couturier. You bring in Scott Lawton. He comes right in. Watched him today as Philly lost in overtime. Um, the guy was on every other shift in three-on-three hockey, and you know what that leads to? That leads to game-winning goals. That leads to a lot of ice time in general. Just shows how trusty is out there. I think that ice time is only going to go up with Drew heading out of town. And uh, Scott Lott, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I don't – I've never liked him in fantasy. I've never thought about adding him in fantasy, but when you're getting 20-plus minutes a night, it's uh, – playing power play time too. It, it, it's just hard to, to you know – Deny what's happening out there in Philly. Yeah, like mm. two weeks ago, um, I was doing the DFS uh, show, and I was just like, yeah, like I'm not playing a line that's centered by Scott Lawton. and I'm just not full stacking them. And since then, they've been very good. Um, they, that line with Travis Konechny um, has averaged 32 scoring chances, 4 per 60, 12 high danger chances. They have a 62% expected goals for share. So they've been really good, and, and that's a line centered by Scott Lawton. And as you mentioned, if Giroux leaves town, there's going to be even more minutes up for grabs at center. Yeah. So, uh, do you got anybody else to add in the waiver wire, uh, or anybody else you want to make a no movement clause up for before we head out? Um, not really per se. Uh, there was one guy that I wanted to talk about around uh, 11% earlier. Oh, Henrique. Um, Henrique, I think, is Winsor worth like. a decent look, although he's not been playing much lately. He is back healthy. Um, and has looked good lately. So I think in deeper leagues, he's worth a shout, or otherwise just a, a solid streaming option. But uh, yeah, a guy that we gave a, a lot of love to early in the year, similar to Getzlav, and then Anaheim ran into some injury problem, stunted whatever little progress they showed at the start of the year. So just someone I think that it should at the very least, just for streaming purposes, be back on the radar. But uh, other than that, that's about all I wanted to talk about on today's show. Yeah. The only other guy I wanted to talk about was just to piggyback off the Cole Caulfield thing at 33% owned. Josh Anderson, 28% owned. Sure. Um, Almost dreamed them tonight. Two goals, one assist. Didn't. Four shots on goal. He loves Fucked playing against up. the Leafs. Yeah, he did. 
yeah. who loves playing the Leafs. That but, played into my mind, and then I also thought I don't, I, I don't want him to do well against the Leafs. But then I should have picked him up if yeah. I didn't. Want, you could know. have been me yeah. and played Kerfoot, and then you're just minus two and sitting here sucking your thumb. You're like, that's right? Yeah. Oh, that. That's I fine. thought the Leafs were just going to crush him. Like this is a this is an easy play. You would think. Tap it in. See, I thought they were going to crush him in the playoffs last year, but. Didn't did, happen. Did not All right, happen. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I'm your host, Proxy, and Dylan DeBerthy, Mike Bumis, Bonnie, with me. We um, will not be doing another show this week, so we'll be most likely back to our regular scheduled program next week, recording Thursday, releasing Friday. Maybe we're recording Wednesday, releasing Thursday. We'll keep you posted on Twitter. But that's going to do it for this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys back here next week. Right as we end, we make D cry. It's not about at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.